You're listening to ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. What are the steps when you negotiate a contract with an insurance company? Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I am Dr. Leslie Lunt, your host, and with me today is Dan Honchel. Mr. Honchel is the founder and managing partner of Presentia, a consulting firm with over 150 physician clients, helping them to ensure negotiating leverage for achieving increased reimbursement rates. Welcome. Well, thank you, Dr. Lund. Pleasure to be on here today. Well, Dan, we we need your help, and I know that you have a lot to share with us about negotiating strategies, and uh, we have a lot to learn. So what can you teach us? Hopefully something that can be used by a practice here in their own experiences. We find with a lot of different clients we've worked with is that there's a definite pattern and there is, and the pattern is shared by all the different clients, and and we find that in trying to negotiate their contracts with managed care and health insurance companies is that the health insurance companies act pretty much the same in all the different negotiations, too. Can you walk us through the steps that you take? It's pretty straightforward, and, and when we describe it to clients, we, we almost feel a little bit silly because it is a very straightforward process, but you know, and figuring out when to step in and do some of the key things during the negotiation process makes all the difference between no increase and, say, 20% increase. The way we start is the the first step that we'll do is we'll we'll just do a traditional negotiation with the health insurance company. We'll make a call on behalf of the client or the client can do it themselves. And all this can be done by the client on their own as long as they have the process mapped out is – just contact the insurance company and tell them that you need to negotiate a new contract. Most of these contracts that doctors are on, and probably many of them listening, they've been on the same insurance contract for eight, nine, ten years, and they've had the same reimbursements for about that long. And so they can just call them up and say, we want to negotiate our contract. The insurance company representative will usually come back and say, well, we'd be happy to talk to you about that or something non-committal along those lines. And, again, this is not a, a dig on the insurance companies, but it's just how they do their business. And they've been very good at it. They'll establish a meeting time, and the representative from the practice and the health insurance company representative get together. And, essentially, what you usually should do for those meetings is a doctor should map out, okay, here basically here are our grievances. We're not getting paid enough for... Some of our preventative services, we're getting paid below average wholesale price on a lot of the injectables that we deliver and different things like that. And so make make out that list and have the insurance representative address them. And and quite frankly, they they really don't get addressed. The insurance company just kind of tells you as it is that, well, we're sorry. I mean, that's, that's, we've got to keep our employers in mind and our patients in mind and keep costs down. And, you know, of course, uh, I think the real issue that's never addressed in these meetings is that, well, you want to keep costs down, you know, should be more proactive about preventive care and putting the funds towards that as opposed to not paying enough to deliver the preventive care. Irregardless, uh, so that's how the meeting plays out. And essentially, the insurance company will either give a non-response or a flat-out no, saying, we can't offer you increase at this time, but we'll revisit it maybe next year or the year after. 
And so at that point, as a physician group, that's where most of them, I think, say, well, I guess we kind of walk away with our shoulders slumped and our head down. That's where we encourage practices to start tapping into leverage that they didn't know they had. And we'll say, well, first of all, make a list of your patients that are using that insurance. So if it's WellPoint or Anthem, somebody like that, make a list of all your patients that have that insurance coverage. Find out which employers they work for because more than likely it's the employer that's flipping the bill. Write a well-written letter or educational piece. Have a marketing brochure about the practice or some information about the quality that the practice provides to the market or the community. And basically you want to send out a mailing packet to those employers uh, of those patients saying you have every right to know and you spend a lot of money on this health insurance coverage for your employees, and you have every right to know what is going on with the benefits that you're offering. And one of the things going on is that we're not able to do certain things to give your employees the best care. And those things consist of not being able to pay for injectables or whatever the list might consist of, those grievances that are happening, not being able to afford EMRs to put them in the office and different things like that and say we tried to rectify the situation with the insurance company and uh, they were not willing to negotiate with us. And this really leaves us at a crossroads. Do we leave the insurance company's network? We don't want to do that. Or should we inform you and see if maybe you can provide your input and uh, your feedback to the insurance company and let, uh, and let them know that it's important for us to be in the network. And that's where if you have marketing brochures or some type of way to a website that the employer can go to, something along those lines where they can say, wow, this is a quality provider. I didn't realize that they were in our market. I've got a lot of employees that go and see this doctor. Obviously, you don't tell them the employees' names or anything like that, but make them aware that you've got a lot of patients that are seeing uh, the practice and really make them aware of the value of the practice and encourage the employer to get involved uh, in this whole negotiating process. So they'll go back, and so far to the T, almost every single time, the employer will go to the insurance company representative and say, hey, what's going on here, guys? I'm paying a boatload of money, and you can't even negotiate with this practice over what really adds up to not a whole lot of money here. The insurance company will make the argument, well, we don't want your premiums to go up. For most of these practices, when they negotiate the contract, it's not going to make the premiums go up. If you look at the way underwriting is done for health insurance, it's about risk and utilization. And if you have a physician practice that is able to see patients on a one-time basis and keep them out of the ER and keep them out of the inpatient care setting, that only saves the employer money in the long run. So that, that's really a myth that the insurance company is going to communicate and so the employer goes through this process with the insurance company, and it's the funniest thing. It takes about three months after this whole process took place, and the insurance company comes back to the practice and says, well, we'd like to revisit uh, possibly negotiating your contract. Or the physician practice can wait about two or three months and say, we want to see if you guys change your mind about possibly negotiating our contract, or are we going to be forced to leave the network? And having worked on the insurance company side, after this last step, when the insurance company gets a letter from a physician practice saying, and when you know that physician practice has been in contact with the employers already and with patients regarding the situation, 
if you get that letter that says, well, it looks like we're going to have to leave the network, you know right away, like, oh, no, we can't have that happen because they're going to send out another communication to the employers and the patients saying that they're going to leave the network. And so it would be a lot cheaper if we negotiate an increase with these guys as opposed to dragging this out and getting our name dragged through the mud. If you've just joined us, you're listening to ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. I am Dr. Leslie Lunch, your host, and with me today is physician advisor Dan Honchel. We're discussing the steps in how to negotiate contracts with insurance companies. So, Dan, so far you've suggested that first we ask to negotiate. Then if the insurance company says no, we turn to the employers. And now you've said that in your experience, pretty much universally, when the employers back up the physician practice, the insurance companies listen. That's a nice summary of it. And that's that's exactly what happens is that they don't have a choice. The employer is where their revenue comes from, the insurance company. And so they have to listen to the employer. And that's the employer is the main interest that they're trying to serve. And so when a, a physician group can tap into the employer's and educate them on their side of things, they're going to more than likely end up winning at the negotiating table. And we had a large insurance company, and it was Humana, and they wouldn't budge. I mean, the employers were really asking them to negotiate a new contract with a client of ours, a physician group, and they wouldn't budge. And they said, forget about it. We're not playing this game, and we're not doing it this way. One of their largest customers one of their main reasons for leaving Humana was because they thought Humana had bad relationships with the provider community. So they ended up leaving and going with a, a different health insurance company as a result. Really, it's, it's a nice approach for physician groups to use. It kind of level the playing field. And, and it's not meant to be malicious or anything along those lines. It's just good business sense. And, you know, after a decade of kind of taking these contracts as take it or leave it, well, you don't have to take it anymore, and you don't have to leave it. You've got some means to really do something about it. So how do you know what to ask for? The way we approach it is we'll go to a physician group or client and say, stop looking at yourself as providing access to care and patients for just five minutes and take a look at yourself as just a raw business operating and your revenues and the incomes that you have coming in and tell us for the things that you'd like to do for purchasing like EMRs and different things like that, how much do you want to increase your revenues and give a realistic projection? And so a lot of times they'll come back and say, well, you know, we've done some budget discussions and we need to increase our revenues by 18%. I'll say, okay, now let's look. Your health insurance contracts constitute 50% of your revenues coming in. And let's see if we can make that go up 18% from what you receive from those. And we'll target, you know, the bigger insurance companies they deal with and take a look at what a lot of the employers use for their insurance uh, in the market and say, okay, look, let's target these insurance companies first and go after increases with them. And based on the increases in revenue you want to receive as a practice, you know, you always want to shoot a little bit higher at the negotiating table than what you're actually going to shoot for because hopefully you land somewhere in the middle. So we'll give them an estimate like, you know, 10 to 15% increase over a two-year period from insurance company XYZ, and that should get them to the revenue levels that they're looking for. 
That makes good sense. Now, how can doctors find out more information about this? At our website, we've got pretty good information on what the process is and what we can do. And that website is Presentia, P-R-A-E-S-E-N-T-I-A-L-L-C.com. And if they go to that site and we'll provide various links on how to get those different templates of information and how to follow that process. And it gives a general overview, too, of how to go about it uh, at the website there. Okay, fantastic. Well, I want to thank our guest today, Dan Honchel. We've been discussing the steps that you should consider taking when you want to renegotiate your contracts with health insurers. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, please send your emails to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.